Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Cereal, you, you chemo sabes. <laughs> it's me, Dan Grimshay, uh, joining me, of course, as you could probably guess, is Marquis. Sound off, Marquis. Hey, everybody. hi Silver. hi Silver to you, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and why, why do we uh, start out so hokey? It's time to talk about Westerns. It's, yeah, this is long overdue. There is a very real tie-in from basically Saturday mornings and that entire pop culture childhood incubator yep that we uh that we love talking about the hero and, and westerns yeah westerns let's dive into it cuz we're going to talk to uh Timothy Woodward Jr. Uh-huh. uh director of a couple of westerns that we've discussed including his newest Hickok yep which is based on uh, Billy the Kid? No, no, uh, no. It's based off of uh, Hickok. Oh, Wild Bill Hickok. Of Wild course. Bill Hickok. Yeah. That makes so much more sense. I should have watched. And this one actually, I mean, this I is joke, this has course. got some I big tease. names. I tease. This has uh, got Luke Luke Hemsworth, the other Hemsworth. Yep. Another not, another is, one of those. This is not Thor. The other, the other Hemsworth. Yeah. 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 Um, not the uh, Avengers. Not Avatar. But the Westworld. Avatar is not a Hemsworth. It's not. No, he's. Oh, you're yeah. right. It's just some other Aussie dude. Yeah, I think this is the dude. Same, something. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, Trace Atkins is is in this one. It's that's, that's one right. of his favorite guys. Uh, Chris Christopherson, Hollywood legend, yep. and of course another legend is Bruce. Dern. And then he brought in Bruce Dern yeah. because we we talked to him about a, a year ago about yeah. another western he had just done. Mm-hmm. Uh, traded mm-hmm. and that had Trace Atkins, Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. You'll get to that later in the interview, I think. Yeah, yeah, if if I feel like it, maybe. But the point is now, it's it's. I'm glad this gives us an opportunity to just talk about westerns. Yep. Because westerns by themselves, it's such a hallmark thing. It's one. It's like one of the basic American Hollywood entertainment pillars. Like there were westerns. Uh, gangster movies, yeah, and like I don't know. This is like musicals, and like that was it for decades. Yeah, I think this is like what blues music is to America is what the western is western, to America. Well, of course, yeah. it's the it's wild, just, the whole legend of the wild west. Yeah, it's, is it's so American. So it is it's American. What so much of the world kind of sees America as it is. Yeah, it is something so attached to mm-hmm. you know. Like we're we're Our actually own called that we should appreciate it enough. And we're actually my God, we do. We're actually called cowboys, right? From there, you know, we're actually called cowboys because you know, famously, John McClane was mocked as a cowboy. You know, or yes. uh, uh, Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Remember that shit? Right? So, I, I do. I yeah. do have a vague memory yeah. of, of that line. Yes. So, um, you know, like we are called. Cowboys yeah. by We're all John uh, Wayne by German terrorists and, and all. Yes, exactly. Always, you so, know. And westerns go back to when John Wayne was born, basically. Yeah, and it's you know, um, I mean, you John actually, Wayne was like one of the originators of the western. No, he was not. Well, you he was but, involved you know, in part of the peak. But but this is this is the thing about John Wayne. Um, and you know this this actually it's coffee and beef. I think are the two main things about John Wayne. Well, sure. Um, I think that it's it's also like it's um, this. I mean, just the fact that we have said John Wayne is going to give away the punchline here, but there is there is a there is a literal link 
to real, authentic Western heroes every time you see John Wayne. Yeah. So I'm going to have to take you back. Like, this is like in oh, the... No, 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 hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- this is like in the, my God, uh, 20s or 30s, um, when American cinema was first starting. Right. And so they would go and they would film, you know, all kinds of things, right? They would film, you know, there was a lot of Buster Keaton, a lot of Charlie Chaplin, right? And there was a lot of, like, stunts and vaudeville. And yeah. they would just film stuff. And so, of course... You know, American heroism was personified in the cowboy and in the Western and the marshal and the sheriff, yeah. you know. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Genre the genre actually existed before the movies came out. Exactly. They were like they were, they were they, dime like novels. those dime novels, exactly. the early comic books. Exactly. I mean, that's, like back in the teens of the well, 1900s or right, something, right? Right, right. I mean, and, so, and so there was this um, – there was this this like this, this like kid that would hang around the Hollywood film sets all the time. Yeah. This kid's name was uh, Marion Mitchell Morrison, and um, uh, uh, he would hang around the 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 film sets. And as the directors, who were all foreign, they were German and they were French, and you know, yeah. they would auteurs. They were auteurs, right? And so they would bring in like real life like cowboys. And Wyatt Earp, the actual Wyatt Earp, who there's actually a bar that he owned. There's a hotel in the gas lamp of San Diego that still has Wyatt Earp on the on the on the, on the front. Well, it's still worth yeah. mentioning. Yeah. He lived so, here. So he owned he, a bar he here. He was a guy at the studio. Exactly. So in later in his life, in his like yeah. 60s and 70s, the Wyatt Earp lived in Los Angeles and San Diego, and he was one of these consultants. Hey, pretty far west. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, so this, this kid, I'm guessing, used to follow him around. Oh, okay. Yeah, and this, this, this kid who you know followed oh, that uh, Milky Mitchell's Marion, Marion Mitchell, Marion yeah. Mitchell, yes, Marion Mitchell. I mean, he would follow Wyatt Earp around and just copying him all the time. And then this this kid would later, you know, get into movies. He would actually himself. It would break through. And, of course, and then, he changed yes, his you, name, You've too. already blown your exactly. Paul Harvey wad. <laughs> exactly. But and so, uh, yes, the rest of the kid. story is John Wayne learned how to be a cowboy in movies from Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp himself. I mean, now that is passing lineage there. Right. And so, um, uh, you know, I've read several books on Wyatt Earp. It's a, you know, I study uh, U.S. Western history. You know, I, well, I used to. I don't do it anymore. But um, and well, I, I do remember. They didn't change it much. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah, you're right about that. Um, but um, the author of this book, and it, it's, his name escapes me, but um, I do remember him you know, finding some quotes of some of the contemporaries. And what they would say, uh, this is, these are Wyatt Earp contemporaries who, okay. had, who had lived into their 80s and, and, and such. And they would say that when they would see Wyatt, I mean, when they would see John Wayne on screen, that they were looking at Wyatt Earp. So... When you see that, like, persona, uh, hey, Pilgrim, you know, kind of stuff, yep. and you see John Wayne, yep. you're basically seeing Wyatt Earp. Yeah. You know, that's what he copied. So there is that tie yeah, back. A lot goes, of people don't realize that Marion Mushkenberg there, uh, he's actually <laughs> British. <laughs> he's not British. Uh, no. No, no. John Wayne's American. But but still, like, there's, you know, there's there is this kind of, there is this, like, really direct link to real, real people. Yeah, the, and the lineage goes on because, correct. and I think, in and part of that is because the old West itself was so very, like you lived and died by your reputation. Uh huh. If there was ever a time and place where a publicist, a PR person, could keep you safe, like have a life uh-huh. or death kind of involvement in your life, it'd be in the old West. Yeah. And where everyone had a gun and was drunk and had a short temper. Yep. And you would you would So you need a good rep. Exactly. well and, and you need word to spread And fast. good is not like good like Boy Scout good. Good means that you're good at killing people good. Yeah. That's what you needed, which is why like there was even and now in our era the best Western movie when I was a kid was Young Guns. Like by far. That movie was a huge hit. Emilio yeah. Estevez, Charlie Sheen, um, and then I think Lou a few years Phillips. later, Rio Bravo came out. Sure, and so and the critics finally moved on. Yeah, yeah. Course. Well, whatever. Young, young but, Guns though was for our generation. It, that I was think. our what western. You mean? Yeah, was that was those were that was like the like 
that was the Western Brat Pack film. Yeah. Right. It had all the, yeah. all the all the young actors in there, and it was a huge hit. And of course, because we're from New Mexico originally, we've always been really into Billy the Kid. Right. That's just kind of in our. That's in our DNA. That, yeah, that's like that, that, that's, that's part of the culture. That, that growing up, exactly. you hear the stories. That's our hero. Kid, so, and yeah. um, even in that movie, I remember Emilio Estevez as Billy the Kid was like reading the newspaper about his accounts, and he's just kind of disputing it. And he's just like, I didn't. He's like, I'm not left-handed. I'm yeah, not. You know, yeah. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. Um, and he's and he's constantly correcting the myth. You know, or embellishing, embellishing it the, the way myth, he wants exactly. Everyone, exactly. it's a lot easier. <laughs> media yeah. kind of was social media back then, if that makes any sense to you, millennials. Well, and they would actually, you know, um, another big and what is I've been on record as saying my favorite movie of all time is Unforgiven. And that's the the, the final Clint Eastwood as cowboy movie. Yeah. The ultimate Clint Eastwood as Cowboy. Well, now you're going against I know. I'm Sergio fighting, Leone. I know. And... I got you. Um, and, um, you know, there's a central character in that film, which he is the writer. Mm-hmm. And he's following Gene Hackman around. He's following, you know, well, he's, yeah. he's not Someone following around. Someone has to but... chronicle the story. Exactly. Yeah. And he, in the process of chronicling, was, you know, again, embellishing. Yep, and he's painting it in, in, in a in a in a certain way. Those characters that's, that are that's a little something that that we call fake news. Fake news, everybody. That's the old <laughs> west, really. <laughs> well, it's really and it's really just about it's about editing, right? It's about it's about yeah. it's about selling a paper. You yeah. know, fine. Um, they it's only halfway true. And people know that, but that is really ultimately that's where the dime novels come from, which were, you know, illustrated. Well, it made some. There was ultimately you know, just, becomes like I said. There's some fundamental pillars of entertainment yeah. when when it was starting to evolve in the 1900s. Like you have your fantasy and you have your mystery. Right. You have your your pulp. You have your western. You have your the science war fiction movie. after the your war movie. after World yep. War Two yep. starts coming in. After there's so many good reasons for all of these pillars, but one that has withstood the test of time because it had to breed itself the same way was the Wild West. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'll, I'll even just spend just a minute making this point: is that there's a good self-preservation reason for it culturally, because you needed to get people to come out to the to the West to help you settle places that are not supposed to support human life. Mm-hmm. So you have to get word out that makes it – you can't say, oh, there's fountains made of gold. There's You can go swimming in, in the forest every day. You have to be somewhat realistic, but you have to make it sound like you come out, you strike gold, you're a bazillionaire. Yeah. Someone might shoot you, but you are also allowed to shoot someone else. It's just – it preaches this kind of extreme romanticized version, and that's what survived, and that's what made the leap from Wyatt Earp, who had to do that about his own life to stay alive, to John Wayne, who had to, for his livelihood, pretend to express be that. that. Yeah. And that's that's just a part of the phenomenon of Westerns. And how does it get into Saturday morning serials? Well, it's been there the whole time. That's we, how. the opening <laughs> strains of our very theme song. Is technically the William Tell Overture, William Tell Overture, but it is the theme song to the uh, to the original. Well, not it's the actually original. known I think on the radio uh, in the short films in in theaters back in the forties. I think it's the radio too. On buddy. television, the radio and too. both live and animated shows yeah. through the fifties. That is the theme for. Let's the all let, let's all just do it right everybody. now. Dun. I did that. I did the percussion for that song in middle school. I remember it. I did. I, th- I believe I played the timpani. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that. I mean, for that you song, listeners, Mark is actually wearing his Letterman jacket I, here in the you studio. Don't, you as don't well. get that in middle school. That is how. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, there is something. Uh, there, there's something that you had kind of touched on there, and I think that's that's really interesting. And what we see, you too, then, buddy, in the uh, film, 
in the uh, Hickok film, mm-hmm. they kind of take you from, you know, him as kind of a outlaw to lawman, which is a which is this is not a spoiler. This is a very common theme in westerns. Yeah, but one it also yeah. purportedly happened in real life. Correct. Um, and or so uh, the Wyatt story Earp, goes. Wyatt Earp, you know, has a similar path. You know, he yeah. was. You would, he could have been classified as a as a villain, you know, before, um, although he never he, he didn't kill anybody in that in that process. Um, but what what they would do is they would basically go to these towns, and yeah, the, um, Wy- uh, Wyatt Earp was always chasing gold and silver and mining, and that's you know he was always trying to be rich. And of course, they would go into towns where just to keep things civil, they would take guns away. And so the only people that could have guns were the marshals and the law. So a lot of these miners, a lot of these outlaws would become the law because yeah. they would be well, the only ones with guns. The only way to get a, yeah. a like a gun permit was to be a cop. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, you know, there's um, – it's – it is refreshing to me that I get to watch a movie uh, in in today's culture where the Western, unfortunately, has kind of taken a back seat to other types of superheroes. But um, yeah, you know, it's got a long. History. I know, and it's it it fights back. Keeps I mean, coming back. You're right. You already mentioned, you know, Unforgiven and uh, Three Ten to Yuma was an awesome movie that came out not that I, long ago. Um, well, I wouldn't say it necessarily by itself sparked the public's imagination, but I mean, Westworld. Westworld's great. Yes, there have yeah. been a number of great westerns, mm-hmm. but do they do the their magic in the cultural landscape? Deadwood Un- came out recently. Unforgiven yep. was was uh, hailed as being the return of westerns. I said yeah. this is the first. I read some article at the time saying it was like the first real western in twenty five years mm-hmm. or something or other. Uh, but but anyway. I'm glad you brought up Hickok again. Yeah. Because uh, we got to talk to, as I mentioned, well, I got to talk to Magic Interview Machine. Give us Timothy Woodward Jr. Meanwhile. Hey, Timothy, it's uh, it's Dan Shea. How you doing today? I'm doing good, Dan. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, I'm sure you've probably got a busy press morning, so I'll try and make this uh, uh, quick and simple and to the point here. Uh, all good, man. Happy to be talking to you. All right. That's what I like to hear. That's it. That's the damn attitude. Um, so this is Look, a, I could be doing other things. Other things that are not as fun. Trust me, I promise. So I'm very happy to be talking to you. Yeah, that's right. There's always the gulag, and you listeners remember that yeah. too. Everyone owes me a thank you. Uh, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Serial, where we are talking to, once again, our friend Timothy Woodward, Jr. Hey, Timothy, how are you? I'm doing phenomenal, man. How are you? Oh, we're, we're really good down here. And, uh, and, and this, I think it's been almost a year. I think it was maybe last, uh, last August. So last summer, we, we talked to you yeah. about a, yep. uh, a gritty Western with Trace Atkins and Chris Christofferson. What are we talking to you about today? Another gritty Western with Trace Atkins, Chris Christofferson. Except this time we also have Luke Kimsworth and Bruce Stern added to the cast. That's true. You, it just the the caliber just keeps going up. Uh and this is Yeah, I think so. I, I don't I wanna say by my count, this is like your fourth Western or something, isn't it? No, it's only my second Western. So oh. second Western. This is the follow up to trade it. I just um I did a death row drama called American Violence in between the two of these, and then I just actually rapped on a uh, 1920s Al Capone movie. Oh, my. You are jumping all over these genres, actually. Trying to, yeah. Trying to, you know, it's all about learning and experiencing and, you know, just trying to, uh, you know, get the get the most you can when you're telling any kind of story and experience in these lives and stuff, you know. All right. Well, then, uh, you know, I think it's safe to say you're still early in your career and, and perhaps uh, you're learning as much as you're creating. Uh, but at this point, mm-hmm. can you tell me what genre you like the most? Or do you feel like you do the I same mean, thing no matter what the genre is? Uh, no, you, I always try to do something different. You know, I think no matter what, it's about the characters and different uh, time periods and different genres, you know, uh, equals different, you know, different types of characters. Everyone's human. Everyone has natural instincts. But again, I think your surroundings and your circumstances 
they also help determine who, you know, you ultimately are going to be and who that character is going to be. So, you know, I definitely think, you know, each genre has their own kind of things. Um, so far, you know, Western, um, I really enjoyed, you know, that may end up being a new favorite. But, you know, Westerns are definitely something that you know, hits home with me. I'm from the, the Southeast. Um, I grew up watching them, and, I, you know, I love doing some of doing traded So, you know, there, it was, both of these were you know, a joy to do, and I look forward to doing another one. All right. So, so you've got at least one more Western in you, you're thinking. At least, at least, at the minimum. Yeah, it's good, and I and I like uh, I like the way you put that. Every you know, across every story is going to be full of humans, but the environment, uh, et cetera, yeah. is going to have an impact on what kind of character. So safe to exactly. say, like Wild Bill Hickok, legend of the old West. Yeah. If he had been around in the 1920s, oh. he, he wouldn't uh, wouldn't have been the same man, or culture just wouldn't have noticed him. Do you think? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you know someone like that stands out, but I definitely think that he would have been a different person. And I think if different events in his life had happened, um, no matter what, he would have been a different person, just as you and I are. You know what I mean? I think everyone is guided by, you know, the events and circumstances that happen. Yeah, and I think uh, well, what 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 fits him so well, or I guess maybe kind of what what Wild Bill Hickok kind of embodies about that Wild West spirit is that. You know, men had their own like moral codes. That it was easy for mm-hmm. you for a person to go from a, a gunslinger to a lawman, which is kind of what what your Hickok story explores. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something that is gone now. Do you think even by the twenties could could he have switched from a bank robber to a prohibition agent? You know. Uh, I mean, I think as as time kind of has has you know come and things like that, I don't think you can necessarily do those things now just because you're looked at. I think in the 1920s, you could you know there's a possibility just because technology, people could have lied about who they were and everything. I don't think people would have actually sought him out like they did in the in the 1880s, you know, like in 1870s and stuff. Like he was very. Um, you know, he was sought out to be this lawman. You know, people would approach him and say, hey, would you would you do this job for me? Because they knew he'd get the job done. And I think, you know, as society kind of evolved, I don't think that would have happened, you know, even in the 20s or 30s. Mm, well, I see, I and I agree with you there. And I don't think it's a shame, but I really, I, don't, I love Westerns too. I grew up with them. Yeah. So there's this kind of romantic vision in my head. And I love yeah, the, yeah. And the American West. And it's almost happened, a romantic but, violence. It's almost yeah. a romantic a romantic violence and violent thing that, you know, because these guys were living very gruff and they were they were um you know, they were they were holding their own, they were doing their things. But they were also it kind of you know, they were explorers, they were in the unknown. The West the law wasn't written like it was in New York and other places. It was a very unknown territory. They were moving into this land that was, you know, not developed out properly and there were these small towns that popped up for, for mining gold and, you know, for herding cattle and doing other things like that. But they were trying to get by from one day to the next. So it was a very um you know, there was a, a flexibility there and there was a, an exploring uh factor that comes into play with the Westerns. That yeah, and that's all part of that incredible mythos which like mm-hmm. I said, I, I I remember so fondly, and I'm glad it's it's captured in the entire genre of westerns. But I'm also kind of glad that I didn't have to grow up then. Uh, yeah, let me tell you, just from shooting on the western on the sets and stuff, and some days when it's really really windy and dusty, man, I would come back and it would be buckets of sand in the shower. I mean, you know, it's a, uh, these guys didn't live long because they were swallowing tons of dirt, you know. But one thing that I found that, you know, doing research, too, through these is that everyone has this opinion of, you know, certain things that, you know, as far as Westerns, that everything should be old and everything should be dirty as hell. And it's like, you know, true to a point, but we also have to remember that when a saloon got built, it was brand new at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was brand new. And owners in these higher dollar saloons, they would attract and they could charge more if it was nice and if it was clean. And, you know, people were still, even the cowboys were all about the dress. It was how, you know, the dress is what made the man. 
and that carried over into the 20s and 30s, et cetera. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where on film everyone thinks, okay, this should be really just grimy and everything should have a slab of dirt on it. But, you know, in towns that like, um, you know, Abilene, Kansas, for example, that hadn't been around long, you know, things were very new. You know, we show the grand opening of a hotel, for example, you know, and it's, it's, it's because that's what was happening. Things were popping up nonstop. Yeah. People, they'd finish the railroad line through your town and then everything mm-hmm. would be built where there was nothing. Now there's fresh cut lumber turned into homes. Um, yep. And, and I've been to, you know, as a tourist, I've been to like uh, some, some old West movie sets, which actually look like, uh, you know, not bright and shiny new, but they don't have this rundown kind of quality because I've been to ghost towns too, where time yeah. does take its course. And I think yeah, because I mean, again, in eighteen in eighteen seventies and eighteen eighties and you know, et cetera, they they weren't old and rundown. They were very they were new. You know, it's like you said, someone cut the wood and they built the building. So you know, that wood would not have been as worn as we would think. You know, it would be because to us, it's it's you know over a hundred years ago, but to them it was two years old, you know, a year old. And obviously people still had pride in what they took care of. Their house was their home. Their house was their, their, their castle. And, you know, so they took care of those things. And then same thing, like I said, especially with these businesses in these towns, they were trying to attract people and bring them in. So they were very much doing like what Las Vegas does where they're trying to bring tourists in and stuff. They were trying to bring people into these big towns. Yeah, it, it, it no. Even if you couldn't get the law out to the West, capitalism was an unstoppable force. Absolutely. And uh, well, I'm I'm really glad you brought up some of these locations because uh, I do, doing a minimal amount of research. Uh, uh, Luke Hemsworth, who plays uh, Wild Bill, is not the only link that you guys have to uh, HBO's Westworld, which got a lot of the population reinvested in Westerns recently. But I Yeah, yeah, no, cool. We got to use um, the, the main town that they use in Westworld, you know, which is Melody Ranch. We filmed there, um, and that was the town of Abilene. So, you know, we did a few things that were different and tweaked some, you know, stuff, exteriors and some interiors and set deck and stuff. But, you know, yeah, it's the exact same set. This is great. Um, you know, because they had just finished using it when we kind of came in and, and, you know, had been acquiring about it since doing traded actually wanting to get in there to do a Western and they came open and we were like, yeah, please, you know, let us shoot there. And they did, which is great. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, just some iconic old West scenery that again, doesn't look mm-hmm. like a ghost town. I'm glad that it's being used yeah. like that. And it, you know, just that, that big swinging corner door to the saloon, which, in, in Hickok is the Bull's Head Saloon, and I'm sure it stood in for a number of saloons over the years. But yeah. now I'm watching yeah. it. I'm like, maybe this is why this kind of intersection in a in an old west town is why is what my mind always thinks of. Maybe it has literally been this intersection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it close to it. The Bull's Head Saloon was actually a real saloon too, you know. And these characters really just Phil. We call them Poe, but his real name is Phil Coe. Um, you know, and this, that was one of Wild Bill's actual last gunfight. Um, and you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of truth to the story too. While we took some creative licenses, there's a lot of truth to it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up too, because of course, I think I, maybe it's just me, but I think a lot of audience, when they see a dramatization of historical figures, they want to know exactly what, what was true. And then, What's left over is the story, which is it has to be there to propel you. And I think especially something like the Old West, where all of the records were embellished to begin with, so you'll never know the true kernels of truth. But of, of course, course there was yeah, a wild Bill Hickok. There was a uh, you know Hardin was real. There was, a, there was a Maddie. Yeah, there was a Maddie. There's a Maddie, and there was actually a real Phil. Um, you know Phil Coe, and he actually owned it in you know with a partner. But you know there was a real beef with the actual you know Phil Coe. And they did have a big shootout. It happened in the middle of the street in real life. Um, and Hickok actually shot one of his deputies by accident. Um, you know, I don't want to go in and give him too much away of the movie, but, 
you know, we took some things because we needed to make a structure out of it. And so we kind of said, okay, this could have happened this way. But a lot of Wild Bill's life, you know, he was, this guy was the very first comic book hero, you know, in these nickel and dime novels. Kids Mm -hmm. would read about him and they would, you know, hear of his adventures and his story. So a lot of this was, was myth. A lot of this was legend. And, um, you know, so we kind of said, okay, what if, let's take these real life accounts, let's take the myths, let's take the legends, let's kind of put it together. And what if while Bill was someone we knew, you know, what would, what would in his life kind of set him on this course that would make the person now? And the first thing, you know, we were looking at is let's, let's add some depth that's beyond the script for this character and make him just very flawed. And I think that, you know, having him, uh, you know, in this war scene and seeing what he went through there. And then, you know, the next time you see him, I mean, he's in the bathtub being arrested naked, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is automatically just gives you in a, in a brothel of all places for selling a horse <laughs> that he doesn't have. So it's a very like unique kind of only while Bill could get himself in this situation and you get to see it, but he's also not showing you that hero right off the bat. He's not that guy. He's just, he's a, you know, he's a scoundrel almost in a way, a broke scoundrel. Yeah, but and I think uh, the only you know the uh, the opening, which is the only part that kind of happens apart from this specific chapter of uh, of Hickok's mm-hmm. life, it's I don't want to give anything away, but it, it you see some heroism, but then by the time it's over, I mean it's it's very brutal. Yeah, and it does kind yeah, of yeah exactly. I mean. Again, I don't think I can even say any more without giving it away. But trust yeah, me, yeah. everybody listening, when you, you can catch this July seventh, and uh, in select cities and directly on pay per view, you uh, you'll see you'll see what I'm talking about within five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, that's something that you know we we kind of added after the fact, um, you know. And I had this this thing originally. What I was wanting thinking is, you know, maybe Wild Bill has these nightmares, and we kind of show it slowly about what happened to him and why. And then, you know, it just came of, okay, let's, you know, let's start this with, you know, this, this theme. And, um, you know, and I wanted it to where, what would make him, you know, be on the run. And I would always have Luke think of this thing. And, uh, you know, I said, let's talk about it where basically Bob Bill is a guy who always has a bag packed and he always sleeps with his shoes on. She's always ready to go. So he's no matter what, he's running from something and what he's running from is himself. He just doesn't want to kind of face the person that, you know, he has become or who he can be. And this is one of those events in our story that kind of led him on that path. Now, you know, he was a real spy and he did do things like this. So that he took some of that from, you know, the actual story. But then we added some elements to say, okay, what, you know, again, because it's a, it's a film and, you know, you have to make it fit in the structure. How do we want to do this? Yeah, and as an audience member, I want to let you off the hook. We are totally fine with you taking artistic license so that you can entertain us better. Absolutely yeah, and I think you, you know you have to a little bit. Yeah, and and like right. I said before, Wild Bill Hickok is the first person guilty of that in the Wild Bill story. Yeah, he's self-aggrandized, exactly. embellished, and it makes sense if if you live in a world where right behind you in a saloon somebody could just pull a gun. It's better to have yeah. a reputation like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought one thing, you know, doing my research was really interesting. He, he never wanted to have his, you know, his back open a lot. So he had his back up to, to the wall. So he's always kind of, um, kind of, you know, watching his back and then he ended up getting shot in the back, you know, later on in Deadwood, mm-hmm. um, which kind of was, you know, tragic all the way around. But, you know, the, the, the same thing that it brought him, it also brought a lot of people wanting to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, it's like like I said about Bruce Lee. Was, uh, despite being hugely successful, very rich, uh, he was challenged to like four fights a day on the streets of his hometown. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so you know that's one of those things that I feel like Hickok went through a lot with people that you know everybody wanted to challenge him to to make their name you know known forever. Yeah, yeah, and plus when when otherwise all you're doing is swinging back and forth between outlaw and lawman, you're not going to make a lot of friends. Yeah, exactly. That's good. I mean, it's it's he is such a great figure to represent the West. I think Mm -hmm. Uh, so. I that's one reason I was real excited when I heard that you were doing this and we were going to talk to you. And I even got to see a screener before the public. Everybody, ha ha, on you. Right. 
and and so now I got to ask what you're planning for your third western. Are we are we going to see some more historical? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's going to definitely be more historical. I, you know, we're looking at the possibility of you know taking the Harding character and maybe doing something with that. The writer of uh, this movie has a, a Billy the Kid script that he wants me to look at. Um, so there's a, you know, there's a few things that are kind of in the works. So we'll just have to kind of see where it goes. But I've enjoyed doing this one a lot, and I wouldn't mind teaming up with some of the cast, even to possibly play certain characters, et cetera. Who knows, you know? Well, I've, I've got a few scripts that I'm circling, so we'll see. I like if you're taking votes. I'm from New Mexico. The Billy the Kid story is kind of my Western bread and butter, so I would love to see yeah. another version of that on the screen in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I think you know it, what the one we're looking at is a darker version, you know, not one that people really know of and and stuff, and and uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on, so we'll see what happens. So it's not going to be like a lighthearted comedy, like uh, like traded about no. sex, slavery, and yeah. revenge. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah right. No, traded was pretty. <laughs> traded was pretty dark as well. We kind of went in the middle with Hickok a little bit, adding some elements. But you know, it's uh, I like the historical fact. You know, the whole historical thing to it too, where there's a character at play. I really like doing that. Just like I said, I just finished the Alpha Phone thing, and it's really fascinating getting to do this research and diving into these characters and stuff kind of living in their worlds for a little bit. Well, as you get as, as you get closer to done with the uh, Al Capone story, we'd love to have you back and I'd love for you to uh, sneak me a screener of that too when it's ready. Uh and then Consider I'd love to done. talk about that genre too, but I don't want to take yeah. up any more of your time. We're talking today about Hickok, July 7th. Uh that's uh, just a couple days from now. It might even be the day you're hearing this at home. So, uh you yeah, got no excuse. Tomorrow. Yeah, man. Go out and see it. Check it out. Please support it. And, um, you know, we have a Facebook page for the movie. We have a lot of um, social media pages. Let us know what you think. And uh, like I said, we hope everybody enjoys it. All right. Well, thank you very much. As an audience member to to a creator, I want to say thank you, Timothy Woodward, Jr. You are doing the the work that I can enjoy. So uh, thank you so much, man. All I can do is uh, beg you to keep going, and then uh, we'll talk about it again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. You got it. Have a good one, Timothy. You too, man. Thanks. Bye. That's a triple play. That's hard to beat. They they would do that in uh, cartoons back then. That was Saturday morning in the 80s. Spider-Man and the Hulk would have their own show even though they didn't interact. And I had totally forgotten that those three were together until you played that. Yeah, well, they they would also – they would have the – not the WB. Those like – like all those uh, the, the the like Space Ghost cartoon and like all those like oh like, the oh, old Hanna Barbera the Hanna Barbera shorts yeah yeah they would do yeah. that it was yeah. a cartoon where you had smaller features but then I, I don't know if they were recuts uh, oh anyway welcome back everybody oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, our thanks again to Timothy Woodward Jr. Uh, go check out Hickok it is out there already and we'll be giving uh, some away a little bit later we'll, well we'll be yep. giving a copy it's the 4K Ultra HD it's out right now. Um, and I actually saw it. it was on the shelves of a – I think I was at a Best Buy. Yeah. So, um, so this is like if real If you deal. don't win the one yeah. we're giving away later, you can go buy it at Best Buy. And then you can also uh, – Anyway, pick, anyway, and, and before, can, we, before the way, we get – You can pick yourself up an Ultra HD player at Best Buy because I can't play this either. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I don't know who's got this. Do you know anybody with an Ultra HD? Not, not in my tax bracket. Okay. Well, anyway, when you're at when you're at Best Buy picking up Hickok, you can get yourself a 4K Ultra HD so you can play it on. Yeah. Or how about this? Win this and then go get the HD player. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, yeah. go on. If you have a chance to win the player first, go for it. <laughs> I'm not giving those away. All right. Sorry about that. Anyway, the whole reason we're talking about Saturday morning serial cartoon style stuff with westerns, remember our very opening intro yeah. is the Lone Ranger. This is like the roots of Saturday morning cartoons. This was back in like they had so much entertainment. Like yeah. we said, they've been making westerns for since they started making anything with film. All the way up till like in the fifties, they had already had radio shows about the Lone Ranger. Oh. They had uh, the live action. They had movie shorts. They had the animated one. All of this even before nineteen sixty. Yeah. So there's plenty to syndicate. So through the sixties, the early times, the dark, the Wild West days, if you will, of Saturday morning cartoons. This is when networks were just kind of filling time. Yeah. There was no big sports on. People weren't really watching TV. They just had to broadcast so much every day for well, some reason. And a bunch of us kids were up that early, right? Because yeah. because we still had our bedtimes on Friday night, and then we would get up yeah. early morning. We didn't have to go to school, and yeah. our parents were sleeping in because most of them – well, a lot of them didn't have to work on the weekends. And so we had the TV. It's our first happy hour, right? Yeah. And so – and, they this, would, and this dates way back. Yeah. And they would they way would, back before you and I most likely yes, listen. Yet I do remember watching The Lone Ranger. Yep. On that Saturday was morning. back in the early '80s. This is a show that yeah. hadn't actually been produced since the '60s. Since like 1959, I think maybe, yeah. maybe the mid '60s, yeah. somewhere in there, they kept making them uh, repackaged for like the Adventure Hour and stuff. I do remember I mean, when that, they went to the color. William Tell Overture yeah. going on, jumping on trains, six shooters, yep. Kimo Sabe, uh, quite frankly, a little, some outdated accents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little but, bit. Maybe. But what old entertainment isn't guilty of that? Uh-huh. It's, uh, that's a that's a discussion for a much deeper watch. Episode. A, watch an episode of Little Rascals about. I mean, the the comic books owe so much to westerns. Movies owe so much to westerns. Radio shows yeah. like like that medium still exists owe so much to westerns. And Saturday morning cartoons were built off of westerns. I mean, Zorro was a Western. Zorro was huge. They made it in yeah. there. Tarzan, not a Western. It kind of is. But in it's a way. A, it, it's about, I mean, it's but, about this, this, like, untamed area of which, you know, it was, what, India or Africa, who knows. But uh, but still, yes, it, this is about the fringes of society and the people that have to survive out yeah. there. The romanticism exactly. behind it that enthralled mm-hmm. not just American audiences, but the worldwide. Yep. There's something special. There's a spark but in Zorro, telling Old West stories. Right. And that got, that was one of the original sparks that got the uh, Saturday morning entertainment industry engine going. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I think that it's it's just another it's that it's that kind of archetype, right? Yeah. You know, to like Greek children, you know, this is the story <laughs> of Apollo, you know, this is the story of Zeus, yeah. you know, like and as it, you, you got to do what you got to do to survive. Exactly. You have to cut deals. You have mm-hmm. to sometimes go on the backside. You know, you got you got to work hard. <laughs> yeah, it's you against the elements. Yeah, and you have to survive. And, um, you know, me personally, and yes, I'm very, very, very biased, having grown up in the American Southwest, and yeah. you know, uh, having lived that life. I, you know, I've seen tarantulas out in the wild. You know, like you know, that's where yeah. that's where I grew up, and so um, go to school know, in the morning. You just watch a tarantula fight a scorpion until we would do died. It. We would put them both in the same jar, and then you walk the rest of the nine miles right. to school. <laughs> exactly. Sandstorms, and and it was you know. So obviously, I'm going to have this kind of like millions of Americans, millions of people around the world. We romanticize the American West, and of course, it's going to filter down because really. It really started with kids. Even back then, it was about, you know, what 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 ultimately starts. In so many ways, everything starts with kids. I know you're right, um, but you know that's how it started. Those those dime novels became what later would be, you know, comic books, yeah. and they would eventually 
morph they would morph those Greek gods and those American heroes. You know, the the cape gets introduced again and all of a yep. sudden he's flying or all of a sudden he's Batman or whatever you want to say. But yeah. the, you know, it's all in the, it's, in the evolution of yeah, pop culture it's now. The same thing. It just so you wouldn't have the Avengers without Westerns and I cannot at the moment provide a direct line to prove that. <laughs> it's but I there. believe in it so yeah. much that I'm just going to come out and say it. Well, but you know you know what it does what that does ex, um what that explains is that it tells you why there's not any westerns now is because whatever that like whatever part of us yeah, needs I'm it. I'm not going to go that far. Well, I am. So whatever <laughs> so whatever whatever part of that, you know, that that we need. Yeah, what what is that fulfilling? Yeah, we yeah. Are, we are getting it in Spider-Man or Iron Man yeah. or whatever you want to call it. You know, we're we're kind of getting that, so the westerns kind of taking a back seat. I will always, you know, crave real westerns. You know, so too. best video game of all time. Oh, Red Dead Red, Redemption. Red, wow. The story behind that blows away even all the Grand Theft story. Yeah. Lines. I mean, it's the masters of video game storytelling put together a master video game story for that. Can't be touched. I the didn't even think about that. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, it is uncanny. I love playing that game more than anything else. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies. I love playing that game more than any other game going back to over time just because I'm like this is this is the point of being safe on your couch living yeah. in the old west. I yep. mean that shit is exactly what it's about and that's why westerns well, are so goddamn good and I really have no urge to play Mafia 3 again. Yeah, screw no. that shit. But you know um what you said in the uh interview with uh Timothy was you wouldn't have wanted to grow up in that era. Yeah. You know, I have been asked, you know, I don't know if, if you've ever been asked, but, you know, if you could live in any era, you know, would you be in King no Arthur's court or whatever? Uh, if you could live in any era, Shay, yeah. you know, well, for the purposes of this conversation, I'm not going to ask you because I already, already have your answer there. Yeah. You wouldn't want to live in that era. When somebody asks me, I do want to live in the wet and I want to live in cowboy era. Well, do you I mean like there. I want to spend a week there, like Westworld style, or do you oh, mean okay. I want to be born, raised, fear for my life, and eventually <laughs> probably quickly die there? I, yeah, I just I I like which which one of you because I would love to fucking spend two hours there. I know, but I I'm like getting yeah. killed when two hours probably not huge. I don't know, but, man. I well, just, I, you know, I want to be Indiana Jones. I want to be Han Solo. You know, like I want to be. And yes, I'm deliberately throwing these out there just to prove to you guys that this stuff is still here. Yeah. You know, those those archetypes are still Firefly. Very, Firefly, anyone? the biggest, most amazing cult show is Firefly, where people just pissed off that it got canceled. So, I mean, yeah. that show has got wings, man. You know, that show still lives. Well, it's it's and like a... a, a it's a Western. A, yeah. It's a zeitgeist touchstone for things that are canceled too early. <laughs> yeah. That's, and it is... If you, you could use it as a verb. You could say, oh, my God, the, did you hear about that, that new show on sci-fi? They just they firefly'd just, yep. it. Vernacular. Vernacular, yeah, kind yeah. Of, it's made its way to... It's uh, just a damn shame. Yeah, but that is... so good, it... Fired on so many cylinders, and it embraced that romantic Western survival spirit that is and God it damn created, ingrained in American culture. Exactly, it's called a space Western, you know, also called a space opera. Which, again, you know, Star Wars is also yeah. a version of this too. But it's like the whole concept. You know, the reason why it's so, it's a, the reason why we adore it is because it's the American concept of, you know, Western expansion, right? We're traveling to this parts unknown. Star, star mm. track is like that. Frontier. Frontierism. Yeah, exactly. If we're trying to go out and we're trying to tame these lands. Yeah. It was, and, and Gene Roddenberry famously tried to describe uh, Star Trek as a uh, wagon train. Wagon train. Space. Yeah. So it's still obviously um, one of dozens of landmark yep. Western television shows. If if you didn't know what Wagon Train was, and if you want, a, literally, an example from this year, all right, watch Logan. Have you seen Logan yet? Oh yeah, the old gunslinger. The old gunslinger on Basically. his on yeah. his last ride, you know, and they, you know, they. I think they're watching Shane, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they actually have some like you know some Another... shot for shot, you know, <laughs> word for word kind of remake of Shane. Yep. And um, you know, it's still here. It's still a part of us. We still crave it. We still want it. Um, and God, thank God. You know, when I was watching that movie, it's still my favorite. We- it's it's my. Fa- I almost said western. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. Um, movie of the year so far is Logan. It's still the... Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, because I just, I love that genre so much, and it was so personified in that movie, but it was a fucking superhero movie. Yeah. It was a damn good one, too. Yeah. yeah. But but you can, it's, it uh, the Western idea can be so molded yeah. for stuff like that, well, where you can get a movie like Blazing Saddles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can get a movie like Logan. Yep. And in the middle, you got your your Unforgiven, yeah. or a little left of that, you got your the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep. You've got there's so much you can do with the idea of this about that survival that you're on your own, you got a bad past, you got a bad future, you got what whatever your travails are. I think it, I think what put else it, is put it western. I think what else is like is like really key in this whole genre. It's the concept of the outcast. Mm. You know, people that have been pushed out by society. Um, Which, it, if you go by and ask every single person in society, is all of us. I know. And, you know, it. there's a lot of similarities there in today's parlance with the geek culture, the nerd culture. Mm-hmm. We've been pushed out, you know, yep. and we find each other. And so that's what happens in these Westerns where, you know, one of the best Westerns is the uh, Magnificent Seven. Right, it's a classic American. They just remade it with Denzel Washington. I haven't even seen it. I'm not going to. Although that is based on the Seven Samurai, which exactly don't want to get into that that rabbit hole. And the Western and the Seven Samurai is also based off of American Western movies itself. I mean, these things are with it. Yeah, yeah. It's that's that's how it's not just American, but it's just it's 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 a the the human mind is drawn to that sort of thing. That's why it pervades. It's, it's these still. It's these outcasts that get pushed out from society, and they find each other like on these little islands, wherever they may be. Yeah. Whether it's feudal Japan or it's uh, Tucson, Arizona, they're going to find each other, and then they're going to find out that the best way to survive is together. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, that's what every Western kind of becomes. Which, if nothing else, just further underlines my uh, my my argument that. Uh, adventures in babysitting, <laughs> total best western. western. <laughs> it is. It, it is. It in is. In modern times, it is. Only instead of a wild west, they're wild, literally wild scaling. Chicago. They're scaling skyscrapers outside of Chicago, mm-hmm. and it's dangerous. Which, which is something I, I almost feel I did see in the Wild Wild West with uh, Will Smith. I know there was a lot that of was ridiculous a nonsense, but you know, uh, even something as silly as um, what's the. Chevy Chase vacation. Is it just called vacation? The the first the one? best one is yeah yeah they're going the way they're yep. they are they are going west. Remember yep. that, and they end up going through which ends up being uh, uh, West St. Louis <laughs> or East St. Louis. I forget, it's, but anyway, they end yeah, up getting their somehow, cars. Yeah, which and is then, strange because I think they were actually going. Yeah, no, it was California. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. the map. They were going. Yeah, they they end up. Um, meeting up with the with the cousin Ned, or is yeah. it is it cousin Ned? Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie. Yeah. And I, and then they end up in Arizona, and that's yeah. where the that's car where they leave the, uh, the yeah. dead body in Flagstaff. <laughs> in Flagstaff. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And then they end up at Wally World, which is uh, Disneyland. Yeah. But that in itself is a story of Americans going west. Yeah. You know, and yes, it's ridiculous and it's silly, but. That theme is very, very prevalent in our culture, no matter right, how ridiculous well, it can be. You know what? And I love this. I celebrate it. But just just now humor me here uh-huh. before we get to giving away uh, the Hickok uh, uh-huh. Super HD 4K. Uh, why don't you please explain to me how Bosom Buddies is a Western? That's that's my challenge to you, Marquis. Oh. I bet there's a way to do it. Uh, Bosom Buddies. Uh, I cannot explain it, actually. All right. Finally, we, we've got a baseline but, for what is not a Western Bosom Buddies. Moving up from there, it's hard to find something that isn't. Three's you Company. Know, I and I'll argument. tell you. I'll tell you. Okay. Three's Company. Well, mm, one last point that I want to make 
about how connected we are to Westerns, how hardwired it is in our brains here on the show, you know we talk to composers quite a bit here mm-hmm. on the show. Yep. You are really oh, yeah. into them, so you make me talk to them. And it is and it is always interesting to hear about you know how music is so important, uh-huh. and uh-huh. we get to take that for granted. But we play a game with every composer we speak with, mm-hmm. which is where we force them on the spot to come up with a theme song for our special movie. No, or, or Saturday morning oh, yeah, cartoon. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. You remember? You, yes. Do you the remember? the one where it's a, a yeah, dog. What, what are the parameters? Yes. It's a dog Dogs on Mars. On Mars. A cowboy. A sheriff, a sheriff. in an old west town. Yeah. Dog on Mars. Yeah. We, we are going to have to get on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you're Before about. we get into the meeting <laughs> with the producers. But this is, this is if we ever get a Kickstarter going to produce this our is, own this cartoon. Is, this is going to be our this cartoon. This is the premise. Yep. A dog's. On an old west mining town on Mars. Yeah. And it just westerns had to be in there. Yeah. Had to be space, had to be westerns, and it had to be some kind of animal. Yeah. That was just like basically the 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 Freudian vomit. Yeah. When we came up with the idea. It's because you had no more lands to conquer. So you have to put them out in space. There's always another frontier. And yeah. Look, we exactly. circled right back to Star Trek. Yeah. All right. So, so I feel like we've made our point. We all owe something to Westerns. And, hey, you should help Westerns out by going to catch one. What's one you could catch? Hickok. Hickok. All right. Now, if you're very lucky, you're going to get this copy of Hickok we have to give away. But first, Marky, how are they going to get it? Well, but first, we're going to hear Grim Shay's copy read. Oh, you're talking about the movie Hickok? Hickok is a wild ride. Said Insight Magazine. <laughs> really? Insight Magazine said that? Yeah. All right. Insight. Insight. I got Like you. S-I-T-E. That's not inside you. <laughs> <laughs> you know the myth. Now meet the legend on August 15th. Saddle up for the gritty frontier thriller Hickok. Starring Luke Hemsworth, Trace Atkins, Chris Christopherson, and Bruce Dern. In the hopes of escaping his past as a notorious outlaw. Wild Bill Hickok seeks redemption as a small-town lawman. Unfortunately, as the titular gunslinger discovers, the past has a way of catching up with you in Hickok, a frontier thriller starring It wouldn't have any arc unless something caught up to him. In his first leading role in a feature film, the period western from Cynodyme and Status Media also stars Trace Atkins, country music hall of famer and Golden Globe winner Chris Christopherson. Hold on, wait a minute. I must say, Trace Atkins has the greatest voice of all time, followed by Chris Christopherson's greatest voice of all time, and then there's Bruce Dern. Coming in fourth is me. On August 15th, the gritty Western rolls into retail on 4K UHD plus Blu-ray disc and DVD. It's also available on all leading digital platforms and on demand. But get your 4K Ultra HD copy right now. Yes. All you have to do is tell us, Marky, how are are we going to pick this lucky person. All right. All what, you have to deal? do is just uh, send us an email because we like that. Um, a lot of you guys don't like to be blasted on Twitter. Fair enough. All right. But send us your email and social security number instead. Yeah. We'll do it that way. Make, yes. Uh, make your checks out too. <laughs> um, send a just. I, I just want to know what's your favorite western. Uh, send me an email. Saturday. It's. Wait, what, what's your email? Saturday morning serial at Maddie P Radio. It's a long ass email. Saturday That's morning a dot com, serial. right? There is a dot com in there. Saturday morning serial at radio. No, Maddie P Radio. Radio P Maddie. No, Maddie at P Saturday. Radio. Saturday morning serial at Maddie P Radio dot com. <laughs> Tell us what your favorite Saturday Western morning is. serial. At and I'm going to send you this Maddie very fine version com. of uh, uh, Hickok 4K Ultra HD. The 4K Ultra HD player is not included with this. That is go the, get one. <laughs> um, it's fair to point but that there, out. But there is a Blu-ray copy in here also, so you're, you are going to get to watch it. Uh, yeah. It is a good movie, and this world lacks good country and Western movies. I I don't know, but it has a glut of bad ones. Yeah, well. But there's such a great number. You can fill your entire life with good ones. Uh, if you're looking for a recommendation from us, uh, you, you know what? I'm going to say, 
I'm bucking. I'm bucking tradition here. I'm <laughs> bucking. I'm eschewing convention. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. Oh yeah, do that. Go get it. You can get it on. Uh, it's on all the platforms. The Xbox. Yep. Maybe not the newest. No. Yes, you can buy it sure online. You can play it. You can goddamn play it. Except for PC. Sorry, chumps. Boom. Consoles forever. Boom, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I do like that game. It's a good game. I remember when it. When that game came out, people said that was the best Western movie they'd ever seen. Yeah, and yeah. And, I, and I'm still saying that, and it's been like eight years or something. <laughs> There's so many good Westerns, though. I mean, yep. come on. And, I, you know, um, as Well, Mark, as you're going to have to pick out, one. You have to make a recommendation. That is the segment we're in. What's your recommendation? What's your recommendation, Marky? Don't, don't tiptoe. The absolute greatest movie of all time is Unforgiven. There you and that it, is that beats Goodfellas. Yeah, Dude, really, it does. Yeah, Dang. Um, there is, you know, Goodfellas lacks that ending where you're just like, oh yeah, motherfucker, yeah, mm, take it, mm, uh, right there, baby. Mm. <laughs> Unforgiving gives you that. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Good, uh, at the end of Goodfellas, like, oh god damn it, shit. Wow, great movie, but. Listen, I I agree. Unforgiven is what, one of the best movies ever Goodfellas made. Is good, uh, Goodfellas is no Dances with Wolves. I'll, put, I'll just say that right now. Oh, you Another are not. Fine. Are you seriously going <laughs> to? Dances with Wolves never happened. Another I was American in a Western. coma as a kid at that point. Obviously, the world is crazy. Mm-hmm. Thanks for getting me all riled up. But, yeah. but before I go off on that tangent, and we will do this off mic. That's right. Buddy. You son of a bitch, Marquis. Mm-hmm. Dances with your mom. <laughs> Other than that, I think that's about enough of this. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.